0: About this morning, um, and here's a few reasons why. At the beginning of the year, we set the theme for the year, and with our theme for this year at Life Church is outpouring, okay? That's our theme, and I believe already this year, which is kind of not expected. For me but i reckon we've already seen more people baptized in the holy spirit come to jesus um, and or just connect to church in a meaningful way this year already in the six months than probably any of the 20 plus years that i've been associated with this church and i think it's very exciting that we're in that space and even this morning as we worshiped i think there's something special god's doing something new god's doing something special and so we've got this, this theme of outpouring. And so the, we took it from the scripture where, where um, Peter quotes, um, uh, the, I'm pretty sure it's the prophet Jorah says, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And he said, those days are now. So what we've been talking about is the fact that God is already pouring out his spirit. Sometimes we, I hear that, hear that verse um, quoted and it's like, you know, when the last days come, God's going to be pouring out his spirit. But they just didn't read the whole passage because Peter said those days are now, right? So God's pouring out his spirit. And we've been talking about that. But here's the thing. I didn't think that that biggest revelation for me wasn't that God was pouring out his spirit. To me, that's obvious from the text. I think what God is telling us is that in, in this church, in this time, in this hour, that God wants his church as far as our theme is concerned, poured out on the community. Part of the outpouring, we've we had we've had a little saying, throw the slide up for me, guys. This is what we've been talking about in church this year. If you haven't been with us, the outpouring is about being poured into to be poured out. All right, and so what's happened, even just in the last 12 months, is, is un, look, without us probably putting too much effort, well, in zero effort, actually, if I'll be honest, but the community sort of coming to us, started coming to the church and saying, hey, we need, we, we, we understand what you have and, and what, well, we don't really understand what you have, but we see what you have is making a difference. And the community is starting to ask the church, can you help us with this? Can you be involved in that? And the church is starting to get poured out into the community at their request. I don't know about you, but that's new to me. This is the outpouring. We predicted it. We prayed for it. And now God is opening so many doors that Life Church, to be honest with you, doesn't have the capacity to walk through all the doors that are being opened to us. Isn't that phenomenal? I think that's phenomenal. You're all part of that. If you're part of this church, you're part of that experience. You prayed with us. You volunteered to do the things nobody else wanted to do, even yourself half the time. You came to the working bees. You serve here every week behind the scenes doing things nobody else sees or takes a thought about. Our host team, when I arrived at church this morning, um, our host team were out setting up tables and shifting stuff around. They're the guys that welcomed you this morning. They were here ages before everybody else. Usually during the week, there's, there's, there's a whole team out in our life kids area serving out there and there'll be some people come and put morning tea out and you'll wander out and the coffees didn't appear by themselves. Somebody paid a price for that. And that's you guys every single week doing the stuff nobody sees. You give sacrificially into the vision because you believed in us. And now because of you, our community is coming for the answers that they seek. And so right now and this is where we're leading with this morning's message as a church we stand at a crossroads. We stand at a crossroads this morning. Are we going to, message to walk so this morning I've got a message I'm really excited or are we going to shrink back into religion and just do church. Doing church is boring by the way. Being here on a Sunday morning is exciting, but if that's your whole experience of Jesus there's something wrong. All we need is this. All we need to do is to break away from religion wherever we find it and buy into what we're doing right here and start to release some finance and some time into Roma's outpouring. Because when that starts to happen, that's when revival's really going to take off. That's where we're at. And throw that next slide up for me. I just I found this and I just sort of throw it up because this I reckon this is where we're at right out of the church right now. This is, somebody really smart said this. I don't know who it was though. If you want to go fast, go alone. Ask a Formula One driver. But if you want to go far, go together. How good is that? What a great thought. The title of this morning's message is Opening Windows. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for everyone that braved the frost this morning to be in your house, to worship you and to hear your word. Lord God, I pray that you will bless each one. Honor their time, honor their their positioning themselves in church this morning to, to, to increase their soul health. Lord God, we pray for revelation. I pray that nobody walks out of this building this morning without a new revelation of something you're calling them to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Here's the thing for everybody everybody walked in the same this morning in this way. Your reality is that there are two realms. Whether you like it or not, we're all in that space. There's two realms. Unfortunately, we can only see one of them, right? There's the physical realm and the spiritual realm. Now, you don't have to believe in either of them um, for them to exist, all right? There's a spiritual realm and there's a physical realm, okay? I don't really understand how electricity works at all. Lucky I'm still alive, okay? But, But the reality is I just know if I flick the switch, light comes on. No concept. I was actually pondering it the other day and thinking, how does that work? How does that even work? Like how signals go so far. I was actually just pondering how like phones, you know, we've got mobile phones and stuff now. I mean, how does that work? But you just text it in there and it floats off to the other side of the world somehow. It doesn't need you to believe in it or understand it. It just needs you to know it's there. Physical realm, spiritual realm. And here's how this plays out. So the spiritual realm, we've talked about it here before, but the spiritual realm is just as real as the physical realm. It's just we only see one. So how does that play out? How's it play out? It plays out every time you have an idea or hear something. The spiritual realm and the physical realm are involved. Every time you hear a teaching on a topic or you read something in the Bible or elsewhere, this is what happens. Throw the slide up for me. The devil sits on one shoulder. Here we go. What can we get out of this? What can we keep for ourselves? Every time you have a thought or idea. Maybe it's someone asks you to help them out. Maybe it's a time thing. Maybe it's a financing. Maybe it's a resourcing. The devil's on one shoulder saying, What can we get out of this? The Holy Spirit, think, this is the spiritual realm side of it. You don't understand what's going on. The Holy Spirit sits on the other shoulder. What can we give? How can we be part of the solution? Your life will be a direct result. You're right in the physical realm will be a direct result of how you apply the thoughts of what I just spoke about in this, which is happening all the time in the spiritual realm. I want to read you something because only one of those voices is the pathway to meaning. All right? Only one of those voices is the pathway to meaning. I'll let you try and work out which one's which. I was reading recently on the topic. I'm just going to read you this. I found it compelling enough to read it to everybody. Unfortunately, that's not a great way to start a sentence. Unfortunately, The Western mindset, that's us, is resistant to the biblical worldview. Well, that's not news. We like what we can see physically. The Western mindset makes conclusions according to what can be measured empirically. Most of us only recognize the existence of the physical realm. Has the church been inflicted with humanistic rationalism? Have we given into the ways of our culture? When you experience unmerited success or opposition or trouble, there's three different things there, do you think, God, what's going on here? I'll pause for a second from the reading. Do you, what he's trying to say there is, do you understand that there's a physical and a spiritual realm happening that's created that scenario? Back to the text. What's going on behind the scenes? We need to recognize that the invisible realm is real. It influences our lives on a daily basis. Satan, catch this part, Satan wants us to minimise the reality of his existence, the reality of us thinking about the spiritual realm, so that he can have a greater freedom, catch this, to do what he wants with us. We can't let ourselves be deceived by the enemy. We must also realise that we have the great privilege, catch this, this is where it's cool to be a Christian, of living in both realms with the power of the Holy Spirit. We live lives of freedom by being filled with God's Spirit. He wants us to live vibrant lives filled with hope and power. God has provided everything we need to live our lives in both realms. Last sentence. We cannot live in total obedience. Talked about that word last week. Before the Lord without the infilling and empowering God of God's spirit. I read that, and as I got to that last sentence, it was like an aha moment for me. Something went off in my brain. I was like, ah. Oh, that's why we struggle to do the stuff that we read in the Word. Because two things. First of all, we're not thinking that there's two realms. We're not thinking, how does what I do now affect the spiritual realm? How, when was the last time it stopped? and thought, Gee, I wonder what I'm about to do, how that's going to affect the spiritual realm. It's the first part. But the second part, why we really struggle to do the things that we read in the Word, which bring us life, by the way. It's how this church got its name. If when we are obedient and apply, which we've talked about a lot this year, we begin to apply the things that are written in the Word of God. You've got to apply them. Knowing them doesn't do anything. It's only in the application of what God says. But the reason we struggle to apply the things that bring life to our, our world is that we, we, we lack the Spirit of God. We don't pursue the Spirit of God. And so without the Spirit, it's hard to do the obedient thing, right? And I read that. And I go, oh, it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. That's why we do the wrong thing all the time. That's why we hear the Word of God in church. Think, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do that and three minutes later, throw the slide up. We cannot live in total obedience before the Lord without the infilling and empowering of God's Spirit. And it's obedience to the Word that brings life to us. I, I remember reading this stuff, like hearing this and reading this as a kid. And I used to think, for some silly reason, I used to think obedience was just obedience for the sake of obedience, right? And I just thought, well, you just have to do the right thing because that's what you're supposed to do. I didn't understand that the Word of God is the most powerful thing in my world to bring life and joy and peace and meaning to shame. I didn't really get it. As only as I've got older, and I bet i to see more of life done both ways, I was like, actually, when we apply the Scriptures, when we do as God said, uh, everything ends up in a better place than if we'd done what Shane had thought, right? Simple stuff. I don't know how I never understood that, but I do now, thankfully. So living, we talk about this here, living the wide, open, spacious life. It's a direct quote from the message about when Paul was talking to the Corinthian church, but to do that, to live the wide open, open, spacious life requires us to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you're wondering why you're not living that way, there's a tip for you. We can't do it without Him. It's unfortunate for us that we can't do it without Him because applying the most basic, I've seen this, I've felt it, I've experienced it in my life, applying the most basic of principles that pretty much anybody on the street here in Roma on a Saturday morning could say, yeah, yeah, if you're a Christian, you would do this. You know, I'm not talking about church people. But by applying those basic principles, just the basic ones can have a profound impact on our lives. And so this is why we've got to get this right. Think about this. Jesus has given us permission to bring heaven to earth. We read about that. We think of the Lord's Prayer you know, be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So Jesus commands us to bring heaven to earth. We've talked about that a lot here. And so heaven, in this, in this sense, being the spiritual realm, right, here, and earth being the physical realm. So let's just think about You're going to have to pay attention for a second. All right, so earth being the physical realm, heaven being the spiritual realm. Is everyone with me so far? I don't think it's got too complicated yet. But if I'm, if I'm to bring stuff from heaven to earth, and we've talked about this, if I'm to do that, what I'm actually being asked to do is move things, catch this, move things from the spiritual realm and place them in the physical realm. Does that make sense? Just general grammar, really. Moving things from heaven and putting them in earth. And so we're asked to do that. So if we take me out of the picture for a second, That stuff's gonna stay there, right? And when I say me, I mean you. We've been asked to move stuff. If we're not moving it, it's staying put, right? We've been asked to move stuff from heaven to earth, spiritual realm to physical realm, right? So here's the thought. This is what you may, this is the way we, probably Westerners may not think about this, but this is the way we should think about it. So So then to take that a step further, then there's stuff that exists already in the spiritual realm, it's already there, and it's waiting for me to shift it from the spiritual realm into the physical realm. All right. If what we've said to this point is true, that has to be true. It has to be true. I don't even think like that usually, but I'm just as I as I start to unpack the scripture, I'm like, well, that will mean what that actually means then is there's stuff there waiting for me. It's like a big heap of boxes. They're ready to go, but they're waiting for Star Trek to arrive. Right. And so here we go. We've got to start moving stuff. So the things already exist. They're waiting for somebody to take responsibility for moving them. That's what's happening. And and that might think, oh, there's stuff sitting there in the unseen. That sounds spooky. It's not spooky. If you've been around for any amount of time, you might have prayed for somebody who was sick and seen them healed, right? Or maybe you've just been there when someone else did that, right? Moving a healing that existed in the spiritual realm to the physical realm. Right? Maybe this happened to you. Maybe one day you were just cruising along in your car or something and God said, you know what? You should give such and such a ring. And you ring them and you, know, you find out they just, it was just great, great call. They just needed some encouragement. Hey, they said, oh, I was thinking about you, blah, blah, blah. Spiritual realm to physical realm. You've moved that encouragement. The Holy Spirit has said, hey, ring that person. They need some encouragement. So there's some encouragement sitting in a box over here. few weeks ago just a just a just a typical example but this is a sort of a a slightly different one Leah and I were just chatting it was a person it's like a private conversation It was just Leah and I were the only ones there we just having this yarn and what we we were talking about was it was another couple actually a ministry couple that had really inspired us and um they run a church somewhere and so we were just chatting and it was like yeah yeah they're really inspiring couple you know whatever and so we're having this yarn the very next day I kid you not the guy rings me and he says Shane I had a dream about you last night that you were texting me and I missed the call so I'm making the call. I think I was probably supposed to make the call. But anyway, he made the call and we had a chat. And he, he is a, the funny thing was, he actually rang me to encourage me about something. But then he brought something up and I shared some stuff with him. A week later, I get a phone call from a third ministry college colleague. For, again, away, someone just a mate of mine. He says, oh, Shane, that conversation you had with such and such, game changer. What we did there was we moved. Thankfully, he, he got the Star Trek text and he, he started the process, but we've moved stuff from the spiritual realm to the physical realm. Do you understand that? We're getting asked to do this all the time, all the time, pulling stuff from the unseen into the scene, unseen into the scene, heaven to earth. Let me read you something. The context is finances. This is our scripture for today. The context is finances, but catch this for me, please. I'm gonna say this once. There is a principle in this passage that is way bigger than, um, than just the practice in the passage. And I believe the implications are massive. Malachi chapter three, verses six. And interestingly enough, if this is definitely the word for today. We, I, I obviously wrote this before the, before the 9.30, Um so we're in the prayer meeting, which finished. And at, I kid you not, at 9.15, someone pulls out a Bible and begins to quote the Scriptures immediately following this passage. And that was just shame. this is so much for today. Malachi 3, chapter 6. It should have it on the screen. I am the Lord, and I do not change. That's a cool Scripture right there. We could, we could close the book and go home. I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob, and I'm just going to keep reading to the end, guys, so you're just going to have to keep up. Um, that is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. <laughs> Thank you, God, for being not changing. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Sounds like chain. Now return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of heaven armies. And this, in my Bible, this, this passage, the little, they have little headings in the Bible sometimes. And the heading of this in my Bible was called a call to repentance. This is what repentance looks like. Um, so, but you ask, how can we return When we've never gone away. So the people are here like, yeah, God, you say we've been took off, but we haven't really, have we? We've been here all the time. How did we, how did we um, never, how did we go away? And then God starts speaking in verse 8. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. And then we would say here, I know better than the Bible crowd, but you ask, what do you mean? What do you mean, God? When did we ever cheat you? We're your friends. But then God doesn't hold up. He says, you have cheated me of the tithes and the offerings due to me. And in verse 9, he says this, you're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Sounds like Australia. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I love this, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Title of this morning's message was opening windows. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, God says. It's like a thread. not a thread. It's like a, try it. Have a crack. Do your best. It's like a bouncer in the cricket. Yeah, come on. Bring it on. Next one. God's like, try it. He's like, almost like, temp, you know, like, what's that? You know, goading them. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe. See, see what God what's happening here is unseen to seen. Unseen do you see where this is connecting to scene? God is saying, hey, just, I'll get to it. I'm just getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited about we So I don't even know where we're up to. For the Lord, verse 12, then all nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. There's a, now remember, there's a principle and a practice in this verse, in this passage. Now the tithing part to me, the bit on tithing, that's obvious and clear. God says this, I don't change. He says this, I've told you exactly what to bring and exactly where to bring it. He left no room for wriggles. So until you get on board, this is what God's saying, stop whinging about, your, about why your life and vision is limited by finance. So to me, that part couldn't be clearer. I'll say that a different way. This is, and we're gonna get onto the principle. Stop thinking you're smarter than me. This is what God, I just love how God talks sometimes because he was just abrupt. You cannot read that and go, you know, this is a manby pamby No, God was abrupt. He said, stop thinking you're smarter than me. Mix some obedience with faith and watch what happens when you actually do what you're told. That's how my dad used to talk to me. <laughs> Spoken like a true father, really? Not some mamby-pamby, woke, do-as-you-feel festival 2023 excuse for an adult who's too lazy to parent. No, this is God the Father speaking. He didn't say, well, mate, little, little fella down there, bring whatever you feel. Bring it wherever you feel. Put it wherever you like. Do whatever you're comfortable with. You've been alive for five minutes, but you know best. Let's not ask the one who's been here for eternity what they think. Let's just do what they say. God the Father doesn't need our input about what's best for us. I don't ask my children what's best for them. I tell them. Seriously. Why would you ask a kid who's been around for five? Like, that's parenting 101. That's one of the biggest things that frustrates me. It's not about parenting today, but one of the biggest things that frustrates me well, how young people are taught to parent. It's like, let the little kid decide. Why? Are you serious? That's ridiculous. God, the Father, doesn't want your input about what's best for you. He already knows. He designed you. He built you. He's been around for eternity. He's seen it all. I've seen it all. Really? We are there when somebody said let there be light. Till you said that, till you see that, you haven't seen anything. Loving parents set the boundaries and then they just enforce them. That's what we do. But that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> that there, there's a godly pattern for your finances is just the obvious part of this. Let's let's move on. What I think we miss in the passage is that God is unlocking a principle, not a practice only. And for starters, if you need more conviction on that, it's the only place, I had a look, I'm happy to be corrected on this, shoot me the email, but it's the only place I could find in the entire Bible where God himself says, different places other people say it, but there's the only place I could find that God himself says I do not change. Now, if you're any level of theologian, right there, you go, okay, there's, there's game on here. Game on. Game on. This is a highly significant passage. And, and, the, and this is important, this part, because God is talking here about his nature. So he's talking about his nature here. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made, he wouldn't have made that point. He's talking about his nature because he says, I don't change. and He tells him something. And he uses a very specific, measurable example to make his point. I just believe he's making a point. There's probably a whole heap of stuff. Think about your own life. Yeah, God, I'm pretty right with you. Think about your own life. There's a whole heap of stuff they're getting wrong, right? We just use this one example. And why does he use that one example? Because in that one example, you're either obedient or you're not. You can't raise your hand in church and pretend, right? It's like, oh, Jesus, I love you. Anyone can rhetoric their way out of a lot of stuff, but you can't rhetoric your way out of that one. God chose them and so, said, hey, you're either obedient or not here. There's an in and an out. He's talking about his nature. So what's the bigger principle? Throw it up for me, guys. Throw the slide up. God says here, if you start doing the stuff I wrote down for your benefit, I'll open the windows of heaven. If you start doing the stuff I wrote down, I'll open the windows of heaven. That's a bit I never understood as a kid. I never understood that my obedience was about the windows of heaven getting opened. My obedience was about moving stuff from the unseen to the seen. Have you ever thought about your obedience to the word of God that way? As we're obedient to the Word of God, we, as we mix faith with obedience, because you've got to mix faith with it. You've got to mix faith with it. If you don't, if you don't understand there's a spiritual realm, and you don't apply faith, it's not going to happen. But God says, why don't you mix a little bit of obedience with faith? I'll start bringing heaven to earth for you. Mix obedience with faith. You will start bringing resource into the physical realm that couldn't exist otherwise. Is that exciting? Am I only play To me, this is massive. This is massive. As we start to be obedient, stuff, we bring stuff into being. Think about it. This is, and remember, this is a principle. God has given us the ability to move life changing resources from one realm to the other. And the flip side is this, and as I was preparing this message, I thought of myself and I thought, Struth, how much, how much have I left in the wrong realm? Of a lifetime. I got no excuses. I was probably eight years old when my parents first went to church, gave my heart to the Lord. I can't really remember, maybe 11 years old. I got no excuse for all the stuff I left over there. Because of why? Because of my own pride, my own selfishness, and my own stupidity half the time. Every time I acted like the I know better than the bribe crowd, I left a window in heaven shut, and that's on me. What if I was just a little bit more disciplined in loving my wife unconditionally? How much heaven could I have brought into our marriage? What if as a wife, you'd started to respect your husband more? How much heaven could have been brought into that relationship? What if I started disciplining my child, as the Bible says, and being the adult instead of neglecting my responsibilities? How much more heaven could I brought into their lives? What if it, for the kids or the young people, if I'd stopped resenting adults and parents for always spoiling my fun, that's their job, by the way, and started honouring them instead? How much more heaven could have I brought into the house where I live? We've all got an excuse to not follow God's advice in all areas of life. Everyone's got an excuse. I got more excuses than you. But if you, and I, I wrote this, if you haven't got a good excuse, you haven't thought about it long enough, right? But God is saying this to us all this morning. Mix some faith. Get some faith in there. Mix some faith with your obedience. And 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 God says, I'll bring stuff into your life that is beyond logic, that doesn't make sense in your physical realm, and will make a mockery of your excuse. That's what God's saying. That's the language I read in Malachi. God's like, he's not mucking around people. And this is why understanding the two realms is so important. See, if you don't understand the spiritual realm, that's why I started there. I know it's a, a slightly longer message than usual, but I had to unpack that. Because you don't understand the spiritual, I mean, you'll never be shifting stuff to heaven, earth. You'll never have the faith because you never realise there's stuff there that we need over here. And that's why someone said to me quite recently, actually, possibly the most profound statement around faith I've heard outside the Bible. And I, I, it's gonna sound a bit funny, but I just thought, mate, that's profound. We're having this conversation and we're talking about principles in the Bible and, and obedience and shifting stuff. And he said to me, Pastor Shane, faith is hard. <laughs> and I'm like, you bet, brother. <laughs> There's only one way you can have faith. There's only one way you have faith. And faith is hard because we only think in the context of the physical realm. Because our minds are stuffed up because we live in the Western world. We don't We, don't, we don't know. How much time has been left over here? Because like, oh, you know, I haven't got time this week. Well, it's not your time. Where, do, where are we getting this time from? Over there. But we don't think that way. How much has been left? And we say we believe, this, look, this is, I'm preaching to the, myself. We say we believe God brought the universe into being by just His Word, right? His spoken Word took a concept in the spiritual realm and turned it into the entire universe. Think about this. In the physical realm, and yet, we can't trust him to even replace the time and the money that we sow into his kingdom or the people around us, even though he promises to do that and more through the entire book. If we're serious about the outpouring, and I believe we are, it's time to get serious about his word. And that's not even my favorite part of this scripture. Throw verse 12 up for me. Verse 12. This is where it really pays off. Then all nations will call you blessed. For your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Community will start calling. Community will start calling say, hey, we need some help with this. We need some help with that. We see the blessing that's on it. You can't do that if you don't start bringing stuff, Right? You can't, that's not your story. When we mix faith with obedience and apply it to our finances, people will call you blessed, they'll call you lucky, they'll say you were given a head start, you're none of those things, you're just obedient. When you start to mix faith and obedience and apply it to your relationships, people want what you have, not because you're the greatest lover in the world, but you just started mixing some faith with some obedience. It's just all obedience people. Time, people think you've you got more time than them. Oh, how's he going? You know, he doesn't do anything, he gives them more time. No, no, no. And I'm grabbing time from here every time. You've got to understand, as your pastor, I'm grabbing so much time from there and throwing it that way. In fact, I stand here and just throw, throw time. There's only one way you get that much time. Live godly, go the extra mile, sow time into the kingdom. And that's where you start reaping time from. It's not the lucky who are blessed. It's those who put self aside long enough to start opening windows in heaven. Would you stand with me this morning? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. If you want prayer for anything after the service, just come up, we'll be here to pray. Maybe it's something. there's something in your wife you're, you're just believing for, to have faith for. You're like, Pastor Shane, I've been thinking about this. Or, or there's an area of my life um, that I believe that we need to start moving some heaven to earth. May we all got them. If you feel for prayer this morning, come up. I'd love to pray with you. We'll have other people here um, that could pray and believe with you. But for right now, we're just going to pray. And we're going to close in prayer. And I'm going to pray for us as a group. Because I tell you, church, we cannot do what we've been called to do unless we start shifting some stuff. You understand what I'm saying? It's time to get our, get our, get our God the Father faces on. So we're not gonna just, this anymore. We're gonna really start, we're gonna, we're gonna sow in. We're gonna win this town. But you wanna win the town for Jesus? Yeah, there's a cost to that. But the rewards are great. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for this message that you placed in my heart. I thank you that is for all of us. I thank you that there's not a person in this building who can't move heaven earth. I pray that there's not. A, I believe that there's not a person in this building who can't just who hasn't got an area of their life where they where they can start walking into obedience or something. Lord God, I just pray that there's there's nobody here that that that, that we're all complete. There's nobody here that could say as the Israelites said, "Hey, we're cool with you, God, right?" Lord, I just I just I just pray this morning, Lord God, that you'd you'd help us. Because we need grace for this. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, wow, I'm just going to do all this crazy stuff. There's a grace that needs to be on us. As we read in the start, there needs to be a connection with your Spirit. And look, God, I pray for everybody in this room, no matter what reason we're here, that there'd be an increase in that relationship with you, an increase in, it, in as, as, as the Spirit that's within us would be connected to your Spirit. So then, so then God, we can, we can easily and become simple almost, to, to increase in our obedience to You. Why? Because the world needs us to be. Because there's somebody beside us, maybe even in the row. There maybe someone sitting in front of us, maybe someone who is almost coming this morning who needs us to be that for them. So look, God, as a church, I just want to pray right now that You'll increase our capacity to connect with You, you'll increase our desire to know you more and you'll increase our ability to start putting self, pride, selfishness aside so that we can continue to move heaven to earth every day. In Jesus' name we pray.